from the Times of Northwest Indiana and nwi.com slash podcasts. You're listening to Byline. The podcast about the newspaper's most fascinating stories and the reporters who tell them. I'm Kale Wilk. I'm Carly Lanick. And this time, Byline takes a look at an initiative in Northwest Indiana to address compelling and contemporary teen issues. We'll look at how the North Township Trustee's Office is seeking to improve the livelihood and education of students in high schools. They all know that you're supposed to go look for help or that you're supposed to, um, you're supposed to speak up when you see a friend that's struggling with something. And how these teens want to be leaders for their peers with prominent issues. They try so hard to voice their opinion and then they do so and they're either blamed for not not knowing enough or it just doesn't happen, just doesn't go through. So basically, um, like you said, this will be the position of the show. Each person uh, will have a mic and what we'll do is for those who are on the end, that'll be Anna. Yes. What you're hearing is a youth steering committee at the North Township Trustee's Office in Hammond. They've been meeting and preparing for a big day this month, a youth summit occurring today at Purdue University Northwest in Hammond that's bringing together multiple high schools to discuss issues pertinent to not only adults, but teens. They include suicide prevention, abuse, violence, drug use, mental health, coping mechanisms, and more. I'll talk about 13 Reasons Why Not, our our event that we had, because it would be really fresh the next day, so what happened during the event little take back from the event and what we plan to do with the initiative. Then it will go to you all to introduce yourself. So, The summit is titled 13 Reasons Why Not. The name is a play off of the Netflix series 13 Reasons Why. The show is based on a book with the same title and features a story in which a teen high school student takes her life, but leaves cassette tapes explaining her grievances that led up to her suicide. The show has proven controversial and has taken some flack. <laughs> mainly that a lot of critics have felt it glorifies suicide and takes an inappropriate approach to such a serious topic. The North Township Trustee's Office is offering an approach to get the ball rolling in a way for students in their jurisdiction to have a forum to voice their concerns. So let's jump back into that with two main leaders helping to shepherd these students in the committee, Rosie Quintanilla and Tavel Grant a couple of community development coordinators in the office. I got my degree in social work and I, I throughout my whole career, education, I always thought, you know, oh, I'm gonna be taking kids out of homes and that was kind of the stigma placed on social work. And I think I get to work with teens in a different light and I get to actually hear what they have to say. The issues are the same, but it's different. Um, identifying markers or factors that are in place that we never grew up learning about. Um, And I think it's so important that I've gotten to learn from these students. They're not learning from what I am. I'm learning from what they're going through. Currently, I'm a youth pastor, so um, I really do enjoy working with uh, young people, specifically teens. Um, But for me, it's more personal because a lot of what we're giving to them wasn't given to me. And some of what I had to learn was just, you know, by trial and errors, by experience. And so me having the opportunity to pour into young people to help them and to see, okay, we both have some of the same struggles. We both have some of the same uh, things that we have dealt with. And here's what you can do. Here's the prevention. Here's the coping mechanisms. It just makes it a beautiful thing for me. It makes me, you know, happy to live and to wake up in the morning that I can help somebody um, in an area that I knew I needed help in. Um, 
as well when I was their age. The 13 Reasons Why Not Summit comes just a couple years after the trustee's office launched its No More Secrets campaign, bringing light to issues of child sex abuse in Indiana. This week's summit is the office's most recent attempt to not only educate the public, but to spur students and community leaders to advocate for change. And I think one thing that I've noticed from all of the students in our steering committee is that they all know right from wrong. They all know that you're not supposed to do this. They all know that you're supposed to go look for help or that you're supposed to um, you're supposed to speak up when you see a friend that's struggling with something. Um, but I think one of the big biggest, I guess, block blockers for them is knowing where to go knowing who to talk to. The office is seeking to address 13 topics, which include nutrition and mental health, autism awareness, bullying, suicide prevention, violence in schools, anxiety and depression, substance abuse, teen dating violence, childhood trauma, hope for immigrant children, safe social networking, race and values, and self-esteem. It's some big topics to try to tackle in one day. And it's almost like what not to do in that show. I think the show depicted uh, sexual abuse, sending inappropriate photos, suicide. I mean, it showed that the guidance counselor wasn't able to help um, the student. So it shows all the issues that these these students are really facing, but it's what not to do. What, What are the resources out there? What are the coping mechanisms that you can develop as an individual to help you overcome those struggles and not um, relate to substance abuse or um, suicide or other emotional or mental um, issues? When we were in high school and probably when you guys were in high school too, there wasn't anything like this. There was never any kind of um, event or even a program or even at the Catholic schools, there was never really like a retreat like this that talks about these issues. So for them to be able to be the first um, group to, to get to know this and get to experience this, I want to see what they're going to do after and how it can change their lives or how it can um, cause a shift in the conversation of suicide and sexual abuse and things like that. So. And we hope that the, the students that are at our youth summit really understand their peers' um, perspectives. And I think that's why we create or we put together this um, youth steering committee so that they can put their voices out there and they can see that other students are struggling with the same things that they are, that there are resources out there, that there is a way to get over the struggles that they're facing. And it's necessary that they do, especially considering that priorities and technology have changed to create a totally different school environment than most can remember. On the note of those teens, let's hear a bit from them. The introduction is just simple. Your name, how old you are, you know, your grade, that kind of thing. If you want to talk about what you like to do. There's seven that were chosen for the steering committee. They include Lilia Brunetti, a 16-year-old junior from Munster High School, Anna Celine Garcia, an 18-year-old senior from Hammond High School, Brandon Fuentes and Felicity Miranda, a 16- and 17-year-old senior and junior from Bishop Knoll Institute, Jaina McCarthy, 16-year-old sophomore from Highland High School, Ellie Presnall, a 17-year-old junior from Andrain High School, and Julian Torres, an 18-year-old senior from East Chicago Central High School. The North Township Trustees Office sent out an invite to school superintendents, who then siphoned it down to counselors and other faculty to help narrow down and select the students to help serve on the steering committee. There will be some of the student voices leading the summit, in which they will participate in a panel discussion as a portion of the day's events. They also will take to the airwaves on WJOB tomorrow, 
and will have their own guest commentary premiered in the Times of Northwest Indiana. They've been reflecting on their experiences and have prepared their talking points. So the question on the table is, you guys, is how do you know someone might be suicidal? Who wants to answer? What they post on social media. Okay. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I think like noticing their behavioral changes and stuff like that. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I think there's always signs. Like um, one of the common ones is like dissociation. So you're one way, your character, maybe they're happy, and then slowly and slowly their uh, personality is degrading and they're becoming more um, completely different from who they were beforehand. What about you, Bernard? The message on social media that some people like to give off and like post things about them that and caption it with a very like sad like saying or something and those are just little signs that you can tell like that person's you know might not be having a bad day or that can be something that's very serious. So guys how would you guys um, react to somebody who's posting something very dark or something that is not like their their personality on social media what is what is something what is a way that you would react to that? Yes, First, I would contact them, and then I would try to find somebody maybe who's going through the same thing as them, or has, like, experienced that, or try to get them, like, to a therapist. Well, let me change it up a bit. What would it if, what would if it's somebody that you don't know? What if it's somebody that, you know, you're, you're not really friends with them, but you know that they go to your school? Definitely respond and at least try and engage in a conversation and ask about what's going on. Yeah, I've actually had people on Snapchat... Um, either I know them or I don't, but they'll post something that I think uh, like is alarming, so I'll reply and be like, oh, is everything okay? And well, I'll usually get a response. But aside from knowing signs or statistics, the teens are full of opinions, and they include observations that mental health is something perhaps swept under the rug and doesn't receive the attention it deserves. Ellie, what does mental health mean to you? Uh, so to me, mental health is really important, and... Essentially, mental health is you being able to be the best version of yourself that your brain will allow you to be. Because I've had my own struggles with my mental health and depression, and it's hard to want to try and put on a mask for everyone else to see when it's not, like, working. Like, you can be outwardly that positive, but on the inside it really isn't doing anything. So when it comes to, like, my friends or something saying, oh, I'm depressed or anything, it's really hard to see because... I've gone through that, and it's something that you really don't want anyone else to have to go through, or even if, like she mentioned, that they're um, putting themselves in a situation that they're really not in. It's hard to see it either way, if it's legitimate or not. And I think a lot of times, mental health is brushed off by adults, like it's not seen as like legit. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of things uh, seen around is like, teens can't be depressed, which is the exact opposite, because it happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. So you think they, they shelter you from it because perhaps they believe that if you do know about this, you'll want to do it one day. Yeah. yeah, it becomes an option. Wow. So do you think then that parents really need to look at what's going on in your life, really pay attention to social media, really pay attention to television and see that it's better if we find some prevention for it as opposed to just telling them about it. If I'm going to tell you about it, I need to have some coping mechanism, I need to have some strategies to actually help you with that. So my question is then, if a parent is looking to help their child with suicide, what is a strategy for that parent, uh, for, for their child? I think something that's like very real is toxic positivity, which is like those little, like, you'll get over it, you'll get through it, it it's hard, I know, but like, those aren't going to help anyone, mm-hmm. that's just kind of 
putting out there that what you're going through is tough. And I don't think that's going to change anything. So we need to offer validation in some sense of saying that I understand what you're going through is hard and you've been dealing with a lot of hard stuff, but this isn't what's the right option for you. On the note of personal experiences, we spent time talking with a couple of the students about how they feel to be involved in the steering committee and to engage as leaders for the future of their peers. First up, here is Julian Torres, the student from East Chicago Central. Yes, it is. Well, um, when I first got involved, it was more of a thing that my counselor thought I should get involved with because she knows that I like to help people. I like to speak my mind, especially about the subjects that I know so much about. Um, so when she first told me about it, I got really excited because it sounded perfect for me. Like it just sounded amazing. And as I got into it, it's actually all I really hope for, to be honest. For Julian, an issue he is identified with is bullying. He opened up to the committee about how it changed him from both perspectives. You know, I was bullied as a kid. I, uh, I would come home crying to my dad, just trying to like, trying to understand why they didn't like me. And then it just got to the point where, like, I didn't care anymore why they didn't like me. I wanted to be myself. I wanted to, I wanted to just be open about who I was. And um, so bullying was always a big part. Uh, depression and anxiety was always a big part because through bullying for like three years, I developed a lot of depression and a lot of anxiety. And the only thing that really got me out of that dark place was helping people. At the summit, he wants students to take away that they should be open to speaking with each other and that they aren't alone. Because I chose to deal with it alone for years and just hiding it and just trying to stay below radar. And then it ends up blowing up in my face because a certain situation happened and it threw me into a real big hole and to the point where my counselor actually noticed. One thing I really wish I had was someone to guide me through that, through the difficult time, because, you know, I was young. I didn't know what I was doing. I just wanted to hide my emotions. And that's what a lot of uh, teenagers do today. They just want to hide things. They don't want to hide their emotions. They don't want to let people know that they're struggling because it could be seen as a sign of weakness, but we need to understand that once you break out of that, like just box, you get to realize that once you start talking about stuff, once you start acknowledging and like letting it get past you, letting it, letting it go, really, that's the part where it starts to get better. It starts, you start smiling more, you start laughing more. The other student who shared some thoughts with us was Lilia Brunetti from Munster High School. She's on the Student Advisory Council at her school. So I was really excited because I think that leadership in um, administration and trying to bring voice to the student body to them is really important. So that was sent out and then um, luckily I got accepted to that. Um, so subsequently about um, four months later or so, 
um, we got a permission slip for this actual conference and um, every everyone on the council was set to go and then um, I got pulled out specifically by Miss um, Midas who is in charge of um, student services she's an assistant principal and she um, extended to me the invitation to work on this committee and honestly I was so excited I was really curious I'm like this is absolutely wonderful and seeing all the benefits that it presented um, I was really ecstatic and I felt very fortunate to pre be presented with the opportunity to do so. She draws from the experiences on the student council to bring forward what her student community says affects it most. Something that really sticks out to me for Munster is actually something I wrote my little essay about. It's mental health. And in Munster, it's very stretched that you get um, a high GPA, good grades, very good um, standardized testing scores. So you have this huge realm of competition. It's kind of like Sparta Dome, but <laughs> academically. So um, that's what uh, Munster's environment is like. And I mean, for my grade especially, we're very competitive and everyone's trying to um, compare test scores and the conversations that are started are based on what you got on this test or this test. So, I mean, battling that and then having all the extracurriculars between um, like your academic ones and then the sports. So, I mean, that's a lot to juggle and a lot of people do juggle multiple extracurriculars and in all AP classes. So you have, with that, you have anxiety, you have stress, um, a lot of that leads to depression when you're um, comparing things to other people. You can get um, things like uh, deficiency orientation where you're very, um, you're telling yourself, oh, what was me? Like, I can't do this. You have a low self-concept of yourself. So there are things like that in Munster. Like Julian, she wants students to feel that they can speak up for what they believe in. Because um, I think that's something that's been really prominent is what happens to uh, a depression or bullying report after you put it in. I mean, what does administration do? What steps should they take to, you know, help people? And the problem is with a lot of students, they feel like they don't see changes. They feel like the problems are still happening or that administration will just shrug it off, which in some cases, I mean, and can happen and I mean that puts the students at like such a bad place because they try so hard to voice their opinion and then they do so and they're either blamed for not not knowing enough or it just doesn't happen just doesn't go through. As students leave the summit today here's what Rosie and Tavelle hope students walk away learning. I hope they take away reality um, I, I really want this to be an honest time for them to share what's really going on in their life. Um, I even told them to tell their friends as well, seeing that it would be on Facebook Live, to share it or comment. That way it's not just what, you know, those, the three or four who are on each uh, show, the students, but as well their friends can give some comments, can share some things. We want people to call in as well. So if a student wants to call in, an adult wants to call in, so the conversation doesn't just come about what we as young people feel, but as well maybe what the adults feel. Um, so I think the goal is really pushing that honesty, sharing what's going on. We can even give some stats, some strategies, uh, but we really want people to hear what they have to say, hear their voices. Byline is a production of the Times of Northwest Indiana. You can find all episodes at nwi.com slash digital slash audio. Reporting for this episode came from Carly Lanick. We'd like to thank those of the North Township Trustees Office and the featured students from the region that took time to speak with us. Of course, we'd like to offer one plug about mental health resources available in the region. If you are someone that experiences depression, anxiety, and the like, 
Clarity Clinic, Geminis, Fairhaven, and Purdue Nursing are some of the organizations that have professionals willing to see and address your concerns and issues. They've been made available to students through the summit, but are, of course, available for adults too. I'm Kale Wilk. I'm Carly Lanick. And from the Times of Northwest Indiana, thank you for listening. See you next time.